This is High Motor by BetMGM, Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty. We are finishing up the Power 5 previews today. We've done ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12. Those are in your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Just scroll back. A lot of good evergreen content leading up to this season. You still have three, four weeks-ish to get in those bets for win totals, national championship odds, conference odds, division odds, all that good stuff. SEC is coming today, and... Sir, if you'll recall, we opened the Big 12 episode by asking if it seems too easy. I asked you if it seems too easy to say it's Oklahoma and Iowa State at the top. And no one else is even close because that's what the odds say. Oklahoma was minus 175. Iowa State was 275, I believe, and then a huge drop. The SEC is almost identical. Alabama minus 165. Georgia plus 230. It's actually a bigger drop. Georgia plus 230. And then AM is plus 1100, Florida plus 1600, and then everybody else. So there's actually a bigger gap between Georgia and AM than there was between Iowa State and Texas. Again, Texas was at 900, if I'm recalling correctly. Same question. Like, does this appear too easy in the SEC? Because it's really easy to make the case, like in the Big 12, that it is, in fact, this easy with AM's questions in replacing Kellamond at quarterback. With a bunch of guys gone on the offensive line, I mean, I know you're going to beat the returning production hammer again in this episode with Florida's offensive line, some potential holes on defense, and then just a lot of mediocrity across the SEC. So same question, is this just too easy in the SEC, or is there actually that big of a gap from Alabama minus 165, Georgia plus 230, and then all the way down to whomever you think is in third, the books are saying it's A&M plus 1100. Is it too easy? Yeah, I think this is totally different than the Big 12. Uh, For starters, Alabama does not win a lot of consecutive SEC championships, okay? So going back to the start of Nick Saban's tenure, uh, they win in 2009. They do not win it in 2010. They don't even play in the, they don't even win the SEC West. They don't even play in the game. Uh, They won it in 2012, 2013, didn't win the SEC West. Uh, 2014 through 16, when you're talking about SEC consistency, that's really where Alabama was quite good. Uh, so they, they three-peat there as SEC champions. Uh, but 2017, they're not in the championship game. 2018, they win. 2019, that's the year LSU goes off, not in the championship game. And then, of course, last year. So there is not much history of Alabama in this Saban era ripping off consecutive championships. And when you look at how much they lost, it's even more than they usually lose. I would definitely look a little down ballot here. I think Georgia is a decent play, uh, kind of ironically, since I liked Iowa State in that two-hole for the Big 12, kind of like Georgia here. I think uh, I think there are some some real long shots, like further down, that, that we're going to talk about that I think are definitely worth a look. Uh, but I would stay away from Alabama in this spot. That is definitely going to be a repeat opinion you hear from me a couple of times in this episode. I generally agree with you. you I, mean, I can make the case both ways. Like I said, if, you, if you're really concerned about what A&M is going to do at quarterback, if they can replace those guys in the offensive line, I think I also mentioned Florida, a couple different holes on defense. Even though Florida does have some high-end talent there, they still have a couple holes on defense. I think you can make the argument that there is a pretty big gap between Alabama, Georgia, and then A&M, Florida, and whomever you think is below them. But I also think, like you said, it's just a different case than the Big 12. In the Big 12 odds, I mean, and you mentioned like maybe TCU can make a run at third, but in the book, they had Texas at 900. A&M and Texas 
is not even comparable in my opinion. A&M is a legitimate top eight, top 10 team. We both said that we think Texas will be like a fringe top 25 team just based on brand and name alone, where in reality, I think they're closer to 30 or 35. It seems like you think they're closer to 40 or 45. So there's just no comparison between those two teams. And I don't know if that's just everybody knows how good Alabama is, yada, yada, yada. And there is no confidence based upon even just using last year's blowout, Alabama um, A&M blowout alone to make that argument. So I think it's more so about it's not the same because A&M is just a way better team. Florida is a way better team than Texas is. There is that high-end depth in the SEC, but I also do still kind of see that gap. So it seems like we're kind of on the same page here, but not completely. You mentioned that you have some other dark horses in this conference. Who are you looking at? Well, why don't you tell me what Ole Miss's championship odds are? What's what that did I tell you? What did I tell you? I don't have the West ones pulled up, but I mentioned that uh, I think during the 10 questions episode or something. It was something, a while ago, yes. but Yeah, I, where Ole Miss was like plus yes. 1,600 to win the West, and I wasn't kidding, and I asked you and said, I actually don't hate that because you stated so many times that you're actually concerned with the Alabama's losing. You mentioned the history. SEC odds for Ole Miss, 2,800. You're really putting money on that? Dude. Yeah, I think you I think you got to do it. And and look, I liked it just as a concept when you mentioned it several ah, several episodes ago. Yeah. But now when I really dove into the material to get ready for this episode, when I really was doing my team evaluations, they're for real, man. That what what they bring back relative to the rest of the conference, you feel good about the first year with Lane. Now you'd like to see them take the next step in the SEC West that is certainly vulnerable all right do you believe in do you believe in bo nix even with a new head coach i don't know No, but that's not A&M, even relevant in alabama you're just just pump the brakes here pump the brakes i'm just saying i i no, think georgia is a strong uh a strong team in terms of who can win this conference and i would probably start there but at 2800 i think you got to consider taking a flyer on Ole miss I don't even know where to start here. Like I, I'm, I'm all for dart throws, but like this defense is so bad that how are you gonna? I mean, you're saying Ole Miss is gonna go like eleven and one this year? Like that? That's I, the dart throw. I think there is going to be a lot of carnage and upheaval in the SEC this year. I think, I think 2021. This is something we talked about on previous episodes. This is not going to be a vintage year for the established powers of college football. I don't think you're going to see a bunch of undefeated Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama teams going into the playoff completely unscathed. I don't think that's what this year is going to look like. And when you have the departures that you saw last year from all these SEC teams, the NFL players, the brain drain that came out of Alabama, Texas A&M, Georgia, Florida, like if you are a mostly whole team from last year and you are coming into this year, I think you're going to have a real shot to beat some teams that historically maybe you haven't. So yeah, I think at closing in on 30 to one, I think there is value with Ole Miss. I think their number seven and a half is probably too low. I think the over there is a great play as well. I am generally a buyer of Ole Miss. That's, that's going to be one of my takeaways from this episode. 
Now I just feel like I have to throw down five dollars on Ole Miss because I want to ride this train with you. Like it's not a matter of me the not wanting. Train. It's not a matter of me not wanting this to happen. I just like the the jump that you're asking. I think the offense can be there. Like I think that yeah. If this team like this, they have the offense to like be a top five team in college football. They have the best quarterback in the SEC. They okay. might have the best quarterback in the country when it's all said and done. I have no idea, but what you. I mean, you just need this defense to be like top 30 to 40-ish in college football for you to win nine or 10 games. I think that's asking a lot, and you're asking for more than that. So, like, the defense alone, I don't know how they're going to stop. And I'm pretty skeptical of the passers in the SEC. I I am not aboard the JT Daniels train yet. I want to see him do it against actually good teams. I mean, like, almost everybody is replacing their quarterbacks. I have no idea... Mm -hmm. How Florida's offense is going to look, I have no idea what to expect out of LSU. You mentioned Bo Nix. Auburn could just not be more relevant in the SEC for me right now. So I I think that if the deep – you know what? I'll, I'll throw five bucks on it. That's fine. All right. Because I want to ride them. this train with you. Should get a job in sales. I'm really good at this. Will you ride the Kentucky train with me at plus 5,000? Oh, uh, well, as a conference champion, no. Yeah. But as an over ticket, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I was kind of hoping you would return the favor, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't see Kentucky beating Georgia. Can we dial it back here for a second? I have another question for you, kind of going off of that Big Twelve SEC thing. Okay. And Two I asked that you, I asked Wait. that you, <laughs> you mentioned last uh, last week at the end of the Pac twelve episode, when we were just kind of dying for time. Let's go full talk radio and say, what does the Pac twelve have to do to get in the playoff? That is full talk radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's the best conference? And I request that you don't go like full Chase Kitty on me with this question because I just want an answer. Well, that's or, usually, usually you know we have to preface it. I, I'm about to go full Chase Kitty. Well, it depends on the schedules and the rosters and, and the weather and the stock market and a million other factors. Placement of the moon. Where would Oklahoma and Texas sit in these SEC championship odds? Oh, wow. We are going, we're going full talk radio. Wow. I know. And I asked in return that you don't go full Chase Kitty on me. All right. Because uh, I do think it's an interesting question. I, I will make it simple for you. I think Oklahoma might win the SEC. And that's not a Big wow. 12 thing. That's not an Oklahoma thing. I just think I just think the uh, that the SEC is going to be a little down this year relative to I mean, how could they not be down? Did you watch them last year? It was, it was such a good conference last year. So I do think they're going to come down a little bit. And I think when you have a coach as good as Lincoln Riley, somebody who is as offensively innovative as he is, I know that the conference is changing a little bit when you look at who the head coaches are, especially some of the names in the SEC West right now. But I think they could absolutely compete to to get into the to win one of the two divisions play in the SEC championship game. Yeah, I think that's what the, the the terrain of the SEC is this year. So I appreciate the answer, but that wasn't even the question. I want you to answer the question. Like, where would they sit in the odds? They wouldn't oh, the be, odds. They, oh. Yeah, they wouldn't be ahead of Alabama. Would they be ahead of Georgia? No. Probably not. No. I think they'd be somewhere in the ballpark of like 300, 350-ish. Maybe. I think Oklahoma would be. I, I don't think Texas would be. I, I right. think too many okay, people yeah, so, would love to kill Texas. <laughs> So Texas, and then maybe this is two questions here. Texas, where would they sit in the odds? Would they be around the ballpark of in between like LSU and Ole Miss, twenty five hundred ish? 
you'd have to show them at least a little bit of marketplace respect because you know that there are going to be a bunch of Longhorns fans that parachute in and take $20 tickets on Texas to win the SEC mm-hmm. at some ridiculous price. And then if somehow it happens, now you have huge liability on Texas. So you can't totally write them off. But I, I, you know, I would, I would rather have Ole Miss than them. I would rather have Georgia than them. I would rather probably have Florida than them. I would rather have Alabama than them. I, you know, it, it's that I think they would be outside of the top six. And then actually on the field, are they even in the top eight of the SEC this year? Probably I'd put not. I put them around about, eight. I'd put you're probably right talking about there. Georgia, Florida, Bama, A&M, LSU, Ole Miss. I would put Kentucky ahead of them. I think Missouri has a case. Auburn has a case. Tennessee might have a case. That's that's about where they would be. Is is Auburn? I think I think they're about where Auburn is. Yeah. So you don't you don't think the odds and where they actually sit on the field would be reflective of each other at all? When you're Texas and you have the you generate hype for no reason at all, other than the fact that your name is Texas. Marketplace principles say that you have to get at least some respect because people are going to bet on you. Where do you want to go? Georgia? Let's talk Georgia. Because sure. as as the second best team according to the odds, right? As the team that is most likely to win the SEC East. I was a little skeptical. I too, not totally sold on JT Daniels. I saw that the number is 10 and a half. And I see all the hype they're getting in the preseason. And I'm going, man. That feels like an easy under. And then I went through the schedule. I looked at who's behind JT Daniels and what the two deep is. I'm staying away from it, but I I lean toward the over because I could see them losing to Clemson and then going undefeated with this SEC schedule. How we talked about Georgia last year with that impossible, like a really, a really solid East where there were a lot of potential landmines and a tough game with Florida. And they, you know, I think they had to go to South Carolina and we were like, ooh, even that might be kind of weird. We don't know. And then from the West, they drew, I think, Alabama and LSU. I mean, it was just, or Alabama and Auburn, maybe. Very difficult schedule. This year, total opposite of that. I think they could cruise through at 11-1. and And I'm not ruling out the fact that they could beat Clemson. I mean, that, I think it's, it's on the table. Although at this point, the whole like sports centerification of the discussion of Clemson, Georgia just makes me want to stay away entirely. I think you nailed it. And I don't even know if Clemson is like the discussion here. We can even mark that as an auto loss, but because of how this schedule sets, I mean, no Alabama, no Texas A&M this year. Obviously they get Florida neutral site. I don't even know like what, I mean, it's Florida, but like outside of that, like what is their most imposing regular season game on this schedule you have clemson florida and then after that i don't know like yeah going to auburn isn't going to be easy because it just never will be even if you're not high on auburn this year but i mean it's just like south carolina at home arkansas at home kentucky at home missouri at home at tennessee at georgia tech i mean i don't want to like start reeling off auto wins here but I don't know where the losses are here. Like you said, they they could lose to Clemson and then go eleven and zero the next eleven games. Absolutely, it could happen comfortably, comfortably and that's why that's why I can't ride on the Kentucky train with you for one thing, and that's also why I think Georgia is the team I want to start with when you're talking about SEC championship odds 
because they're going to be in the championship game. And if, if you can identify in the preseason, I am like 99% sure that team's at least going to be in the game. That's a pretty good start to identifying a future bet. So I think Georgia is definitely a ticket to consider. I think the over is the right side to be on, which explains why the VIG is at minus 125. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not the highest VIG that we have here on the board in the SEC, but it's definitely one I would be looking at. And I think the over is probably the right side. Let's take it a step further then. Would you consider Georgia at 500 to win the national championship? Because I I haven't decided national, I haven't placed any national championship bets yet. Uh, if you don't have it pull up and you're, if you don't know, Alabama plus 250, Clemson plus 450, Georgia 500, Ohio State 600. Oklahoma 800, then a massive drop down to Iowa State at 2,500. Would I consider it? Sure, I would consider it. And and I think it's I think it's a decent ticket because I think they have a very good chance on, you know, in August here when we're recording this, I think there's a very good chance that Georgia's in the playoff. And so for that reason alone, I think you have to consider it. Uh, I, I don't know how I would feel about the fact that, like, hey, now I'm betting on them to be the best team, or at least to, you know, on paper be the best team because they won the championship. That I feel a little less strongly about. I think the math gets a little blurrier when you start talking about playoff games and unknown opponents and everything. But I can see the path to the SEC championship. That's pretty That's pretty clear. It's almost like they get two swings at it because, I mean, they're in at 12-1, and one, into the playoff at 12-1 and one, uh, with either a loss to Clemson or – a loss to Florida or a loss in the AC or in the SEC championship game, they're probably in at twelve and one regardless, even if they don't win the SEC, more than likely. So I feel like they almost get two shots at it. Obviously they, if they beat Clemson, sure things could happen in the rest of the season, or maybe there are just several undefeated teams, but it feels like they get two swings at like or even three swings, and you gotta get two of them. Clemson, Florida, and then presumably Alabama or whomever you think is coming out of the SEC West. That's why I like that's why I think the argument sets up really nicely for Georgia just to get to the playoff. And if Georgia is in the playoff, I know we're getting we're getting down the road a lot here, but if Georgia is in the playoff as 12 and 1 SEC champion, for example, their odds aren't going to be better than 500, so why not grab it now? Or would you rather just wait because going to the playoff they might be 300? You'd rather just wait until that happens. What if they're 11 and 2 with a loss to Ole Miss in the SEC championship game? Oh my <laughs> Can we agree on this? Georgia Ole Miss SEC championship game uh, taking the over. God, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be a fun game? It would be, and I'm taking the over. So you want to talk about Vanderbilt then? Yeah, tell me tell me about your Vanderbilt hate boner. His number is three and a half. It is. Where is four and eight for a team this bad? There are no gimmies. Like even if their offense is as decent as it could be, this is my Duke. You mentioned Duke during the ACC episode. How in the hell is Duke going to hit over four? How on earth is this Vanderbilt team going to get better with a massive rebuild and go four and eight? If this number was three, make the argument for a push. Whatever. It's not. It's three and a half. Where the hell is four and eight? This team is not winning a game in the SEC. Are they even going to beat East Tennessee? Like, is that even going to happen? Uh, I do think they'll beat East Tennessee State. Colorado State, I don't know. Fine, give it to them. 
Where are two more? I don't know if they beat Stanford. I mean, that feels like a toss-up. Give it to them. Where's the other one? I think they could beat (laughs) UConn. I think UConn feels pretty safe to me. The rest of them, I honestly forgot about UConn. I don't know, man. Uh, At Tennessee, at Ole Miss, Kentucky at home, Missouri at home. Mike Leach at home South, at South Carolina. I mean, if they got South Carolina at home, I'd say, hey, you know, you never know with that one, but you got to go to Columbia. Nah, I don't know. Like, where is four wins here? This is a team I don't, that got slaughtered by South Carolina. They got slaughtered by South Carolina. They got slaughtered by Missouri. Like, they're just, their offense is the strength of this team, and it's not even good. I don't think four and eight is totally off the table but I would not want to be holding an over Vanderbilt ticket. You know, that, that's, and I think part of the problem is, you know, that the book wants the Vanderbilt number to go over. So you, you bake that into your, into your calculus that, you know, you're, you're doing exactly what the book wants. If you take Vanderbilt under. Yeah, I am. And it's going to cash. This team is not going to go from zero and nine. And I get that they didn't have non-conference games, but even if you had put ETSU on their schedule last year, even if you had put Colorado state, Stanford and UConn on their schedule last year, like, that team is not—we've talked about Vanderbilt enough, but this number, I I just don't get it at all. And I'm fine with having the discussion, like you said, the book wants you to take the over. I don't care because it's not going to happen. I would rather have the South Carolina under three and a half. That's the one Ooh. I feel more comfortable with. Ooh. Because, let me tell you, they've got two non-conference games. So everybody knows the SEC plays eight conference games. they got four non-conference games, right? So, their non-conference games, Eastern Illinois, that's a win, right? Their other three, at East Carolina, Troy, and Clemson. I think not two and two Troy. is the best they could. Oh, I think they could definitely lose to Troy. No. I absolutely think they could lose to Troy at home. Is that number up right now? Let's find out. I, I Look, I'm just telling you. I get that Neil Brown is not there anymore. This is not no, yeah, that's exactly the. This is not. But I mean, that Troy team has no, a lot no. coming back, man. I don't care. And Come on, you're talking about a first month of the season game with a new coach and basically a whole new crop of players against no, no, no. a Troy team okay. that is basically the same from last year. That's not an easy win. They got to go to East Carolina. Your boy Mike Houston. Yeah. That would not be a position I would want to be in in week two. And that I'm fine having that conversation. Going to Greenville, sure. But Troy, like I think I, I think what I'm comfortable saying is I think they will lose one of those games. East Carolina and Troy, I think they will lose at least one of those games. And now you're talking about playing against a non conference schedule where you went two and two. Maybe. And then you got to go win two SEC games. Tell me where the two wins are on this SEC schedule. That's what I want to know. Vanderbilt at home. Fine. There's one. I don't know that they're winning any of the other ones. I'm not making the argument. This is a stay away from me, but I just think your rationale involving the non-conference is flawed. Two and two feels like the ceiling. If you're giving me the option of two and two, even even odds, two and two or three and one, I'm taking three and one in non-conference. All right, yeah. I, I, like overhaul I don't think they're or going not, three I'm and one. Okay. I don't think they're going three and one. I have no other opinion on South Carolina. I 
we'll revisit them in like 2025 because this is just going to be an irrelevant rebuilding program for a while. Do you have thoughts on Texas A&M at nine and a half? Yep. Taking the over on that, you lose to Alabama at home. You lose one more at Ole Miss or at LSU. Feel really good about that. Like I said, I'm a little bit concerned about quarterback, a little bit concerned about replacing the guys in the offensive line, but this is still a team that has high-end talent just about everywhere. They If they figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, big if. So I guess I'm rolling the dice a little bit, and I don't even like Jimbo Fisher that much. I don't trust him that much. But even with one auto loss on their schedule, which I don't love seeing for a number this high, and I'm not even... I might even dial that back. I don't even know if that is an auto loss to Alabama at home. I don't see where they're going to lose three games. Even if you give them the Alabama loss, I don't see where they're going to lose two more games. I don't think they're dropping both Ole Miss and LSU. I think you're in the minority on this one. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but looking at the numbers, I mean, the the under 9.5 is up to minus 125. So it seems like the action is going opposite of you. Does that worry you at all? No. Because I think that, I mean, you talk about this all the time. It's built in. I think that people are still laughing at AM, saying they gave Jimbo Fisher guaranteed $75 million. I'll believe it when I see it. And I don't even dislike that, but I'm going to use that to my advantage and take the over. Because I think if that wasn't there, this number would be 10, which is where it should be. They got to go to LSU. They got to go to Ole Miss. They got to play Alabama at home, at Missouri, right. no. at Colorado, you boy. What do you think Carl's going to have to say about Jimbo? Like, who who are you taking in a boxing match five rounds between Carl and Jimbo? You've had better episodes than this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. LSU, you got any thoughts? I, I, I'm i kind of disinterested on my end. Uh, this is kind of like a Texas situation for me. I think the talent is there to go nine and three. You know, good secondary coming back. They have weapons. I'm leaning the under eight and a half but I don't have a feel for it at all. Uh, also leaning under an Arkansas five and a half, Auburn under seven, Auburn three easy non-conference wins, but I mean, you need five wins from at Penn State and then a conference schedule that has Alabama, A&M, Georgia, LSU. Those are all leans for me. I don't feel as good about A&M, as good about it as I do like the A&M better, Vandy. Under Arkansas five and a half, Auburn under seven, LSU under eight and a half. Any strong opinion on any of those for you? I lean toward the over on Auburn. I, I'm I would be uh, a little nervous about some of the wins there as well. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to Penn State and winning or anything. I do wonder if you got a little bit of new coach magic there. I wonder if TJ Finley, who came over from LSU, can push Bo Nix to maybe be a little less of a cowboy. And uh, I, I mean, just the, the everybody knows about the home road splits with him at this point. I think he just needs to be a little more conservative on the road, maybe not make as many soul-crushing mistakes. Uh, but I, I do think they could get to 8-4. and four. I, I think the 7 number could end up being a little soft. But I, I get what you're seeing. Like, I, I don't... I, I get why you're indifferent and think 7-5, uh, and 6-6. Six and six. It's probably where they're going to be. I think I lean over, but it's not something I feel strong enough about to actually take. The last one that I have here, and I, this is... Ultimately a stay away, but I'm curious what you have. Tennessee over six plus 100 under six minus 120. I think that in terms of talent, I mean, you t- this is a team where it feels like generally the the production doesn't match the talent. I think this is one of the very few cases where they just don't have that much talent here right now, and it's 
probably like on paper, it's probably a six or seven win team, which is usually not the case for Tennessee. That being said, like I'm, I'm not convinced they beat Pittsburgh at home in non-conference. And then from there, even though you miss A&M from the West, you still go to Alabama, you go to Florida, you go to Missouri, uh, you get Lane Train at home. I mean, even with South Alabama at home, Vandy at home, I think Tennessee is going to have a really, really hard time getting to seven and five. I just don't know if I feel comfortable taking the under yet. Yeah, this is a really interesting profile because on the one hand, there are, especially for an SEC schedule, there are a, a decent amount of what you would call auto wins here, right? Bowling Green at home, Tennessee Tech at home. I know you said you're not convinced about Pitt. I would think playing that game in Knoxville, like you, they should get that game. Sure, right? give it to them. Give them, give them four and zero in non. Sure, I, and that's then, fine. Yeah, the the other one is South Alabama. So I'm going to say, let's say, let's say they're four and zero in the non conference. The number six. So you would think they could get there. When you look at the SEC schedule, it is how you describe. It. It's like, well, you know, beyond the games with Vanderbilt and, and they get South Carolina, like okay, but I don't know who they're beating beyond that. Right. But I would think they might get one and you you really only need them to get one beyond those Vanderbilt and South Carolina games. And both of those games are in Knoxville, so I would think they would get those. Tennessee's better than both of those teams and they're at home. They just need to get one more. So I definitely think the under is the wrong side here. But it's well, not Where's the one That's it, my problem is like where's the run. one Where's the one more? Is well, it they got to get Missouri? one game they're not supposed to get. And that's kind of how college football works, right? You got, you don't all, it's, if it was automatic, you always beat the teams you're supposed to and you lose to the teams that are better than you, then it would not be a very interesting sport. But I'm saying that I, I think the calculus on Tennessee is they got to get win one game they're not supposed to. I, I guess if you want to make the argument like Missouri, for example, I think Missouri got better than they were last year, but Tennessee basically pounded. Missouri last year, Tennessee got worse. Like, maybe that is it. Maybe they still hang on to a slight edge, whatever they had. I think that game was at home against Missouri. But, like, they're not – I don't see Kentucky. I mean, they got slaughtered by Kentucky last year. That, that's the problem I have. That's why I think this is this will be a stay away for me. I mean, I, first-year head coach betting scares me, unless I'm extremely certain, like Colorado taking the under and Carl Durrell. Unless it's a situation like that. Dodge the boxing question, by the way. I'm going to tell Carl. Colorado's not going to be great this year. Is Missouri a top three team in the SEC East? I say yes. I don't care. Anything else? I think that's it. I think we have thoroughly demolished and or built up all these teams. Uh, I guess one quick note to end on. The Alabama win number here, 11.5. I'm not betting on them to go 12-0 in the regular season. They lost too much. Not going to happen. Unders the play. Simple, simple analysis there. I mean, if I had to, I, I again going like what I said about Oklahoma. I think there's a better chance that Alabama goes 12 and 0 than 10 and 2, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take that bet. Yeah, and the difference here is it's it's not an either it's not a 12 and 0 or 10 and 2 thing because the number's 11 and a half. So they go Oklahoma. The number's 11. They go 11 and 1. It's a push. Oh, right, right, right. Here, Alabama goes 11 and 1. That's the under. So yeah. I, I think that the SEC is going to come down this year and that it's not going to be as good as it was last year, but I think Alabama is also coming down, and I think they will be more vulnerable to upset. You can I don't care how bad Bo Nix is, how bad Auburn is. You cannot write off those Iron Bowl games. We've seen it time and time again. 
Auburn can beat Alabama, and it doesn't really matter the, the talent gap between the two teams. Uh, so that alone is cause for me to wonder whether or not I should take the under. Mix in other potential, you know, at Texas A&M, Ole Miss, blah, 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 blah. Like, they're going to lose a game somewhere. The under's the right side. We're going to be doing a G5 preview on Thursday, August 12th. That'll drop right away on Thursday morning. And then one week from today, that's Monday, August 16th, I believe. And then just two weeks out, not even quite two weeks out until week zero. We're going to the FCS. Woo! Get Sam on the phone. Am I even going to show up for that episode? I think you, you, you can do what you did last year, which is you'll be here, but you won't really be here. You're on mute singing lullabies to the kid, and then you just pop in every once in a while like, hey, I actually had a question about Murray State's backup running back, and then you're just gone again. So how is Mercer's recruiting looking this year? Is Mercer, do they have an FCS program? Why doesn't the Citadel play better defense? Wouldn't that be on brand for them? I'm actually asking you, does Mercer have a program? Yeah. Oh, okay. SoCon. Sure. Every year, the people that follow the SoCon are like, you know who's the sleeper this year? Pay attention to Mercer. Don't be surprised when they're sitting there in the end and uh, snag a playoff spot. Mercer's like five and six. Happens every year. G5 preview on Thursday. FCS preview one week from now. That's Monday, August 16th. And we'll get into some other college football episodes uh, before week zero and then leading up to week one. Some more specific talk on lines for week zero and for week one. This is High Motor by BetMGM. We'll be back on Thursday, August 12th.